0: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome
1: to the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Very excited to kick off 2024, at least here on the program, by talking to our guy Mike Florio. Not only is he the man behind pro football talk, and I think, for my money, the best NFL person media-wise in the country, he is a prolific, I don't know when this guy sleeps, a prolific author, writer producer of incredible content and we talked one of the times he was on a few months ago about Father of Mine it's an excellent mob novel set 1973 and sources tell me that there's a sequel in the works Mr. Florio good morning when do you, do you are you one of these guys that just
2: like sleeps 3 hours a night and you're just blessed with that ability I remember 40 years ago, I would hear about people like George H.W. Bush who only needed to sleep four hours a night thinking, how in the hell can the human body function on four hours of sleep? And as you get older, you realize you just wake up and I'll wake up at 4 a.m. sometimes I'll I'll sleep when I'm tired. I'll take a nap in the afternoon for an hour. But if I get five at night and one in the afternoon, I can function. And I also work very fast. Now, that may not mean I work very good, but I definitely work very fast. So I never have writer's block. Whenever I have a couple of hours to work on one of my fiction projects, I get the most out of it, and I just jam it and jam it and jam it, and then get back to covering football. Man, I wish I had the skill to
1: not need sleep because I don't get much, but I miss it, and I love it. Mike Florio uh, here on the show. Mike, we were talking about, at the start of the show, Aaron Rodgers, his comments uh, directed his joke, I think, directed at Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's obviously very angry and, I thought, on-point response. I want to ask you about it, but also if you're you're inclined because you have a a background that few of us do in, in the law, if you could talk to us about whether there is, in fact, any legal jeopardy potentially for Aaron Rodgers since Kimmel said if he continues, they could debate
2: it in court. Well, there is potential legal jeopardy, even though the standard for defaming a public figure is very high. You have to prove actual malice. And that means you have to prove that the person who said what they said knew it was false or acted with reckless disregard as to whether or not it was true or false. Or you prove actual malice on the part of the person who speaks. And to the extent that there's this back and forth between Kimmel and Rogers, because Kimmel made fun of Rogers last year when he cited the Epstein list as a reason for the government putting out information about UFOs as a distraction to the Epstein list. That's how this all got started as far as I remember. But yeah, there is a potential problem there for Rogers if he keeps it up. And the other side of this too, there's some potential palace intrigue here where you've got ABC late night prominent host in Jimmy Kimmel, ESPN prominent afternoon host Pat McAfee, guy he pays a million dollars a year to or more to appear weekly on the show, commonly owned by Disney, I guarantee you if Kimmel said what he said yesterday publicly about this and we've seen the tweet and it was a very strong statement and it threatened litigation, I guarantee you Kimmel burned up the phone lines to Bob Iger or somebody else high up at Disney to say, you've got to do something about this. You've got to take action. You've got to get Aaron Rodgers off ESPN. He can't be allowed to go on a sister corporation's airwave and say this kind of stuff about somebody who works for ABC. And I would expect other talent to feel the same way, within the same company, under the same umbrella. There needs to be a level of cooperation and collegiality and not taking shots at each other. That's where I think this thing gets interesting, because what does Disney do about it? Do they try to talk Kimmel into... Letting it go. Do they try to get Rodgers to apologize? Do they tell Pat McAfee he can't have Rodgers on anymore? And if that happens, what does McAfee do? So there's a lot of tentacles to this that are to be determined.
1: Mike Florio here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. All right, Mike, since we're talking about bad behavior, uh, you've got to be careful these days. Right? There's a camera everywhere. You never know, not just who's watching, but who's recording. David Tepper has not had the world's best season as an owner of an NFL team, and it certainly got a little worse, a little more embarrassing, uh, when he seemed to be recorded and then later admitted to to throwing a drink on a fan. I shouldn't laugh. It's such, it's such petulant, silly behavior. Uh, what did you make of the episode and of the NFL so-called punishment?
2: Well, and let's think about this in a different context. Let's say you're going shopping today, and I love to go shopping at the grocery store because it is one of the few things in life where you have a list of what you want you go and you get it, you bring it home, you put it away, and it's over. It's nice to have a very discreet thing that you can take care of in an hour or so. So let's say I go to the grocery store today, and the manager throws a cup of water on me or some other liquid. I mean, that's the context that I think a lot of people are missing here. He threw water on a customer he or whatever was in that drink. And the idea that he's only going to be fined $300,000 for this with no suspension, no draft picks removed, no real consequence. The guy's worth $20.6 billion. We did the math last night. That's .0014% of his entire net worth to fine him $300,000. It's like finding someone worth a million dollars, 14 bucks. And Chris Sins and I were talking about it today on PFT Live. It's like, Chris Sims, well, oh, I'll throw a few drinks if it's only $14. Hell, most bars, it would be cheaper to throw the drink on somebody than it would be to buy the drink. So I, I, it's, it's not a sufficient punishment, and it, it feeds into this idea that there is a double standard. Players get treated one way. Owners get treated another way. And I, I, it's, it's, it's sad. And I think with a guy like Tepper, when we look at how he's behaved and how he just holds on so tight and wants to win so badly and fires coaches left and right, I think it's going to continue, and it's only going to get worse, and there's going to be other examples of things that get him in hot water with the league, especially if the punishment for throwing a drink on a fan, a customer, is only .0014% of his entire net worth. And, Mike, when you talk about
1: David Tepper tantrum, which is how we're going to refer to him starting now on the show, you've also got whatever decision-making went into the reality that Carolina's number one overall pick is actually the Bears' number one overall pick Whether your own perspective or just a sense of talking to folks, what do you think the Bears do in trying to decide whether or not to get a really nice return for that Carolina pick that's theirs or, conversely, draft somebody and get a really nice pick for their quarterback who's looked better over the the last
2: several weeks? Or or dangle that pick and trade down and turn that one all-in lottery ticket into as many lottery tickets as you can in a year where somebody – is going to potentially overpay to get Caleb Williams. I think that's the thing we need to keep an eye on. And I think that's the right outcome here. Justin Fields, and to the extent that these draft picks are lottery tickets, and they are, Justin Fields is a lottery ticket that still has some of that silver metallic paint that you haven't completely scratched off. You don't know whether or not it's a winning ticket yet. So why do you want to throw it back and pick up another lottery ticket and start scratching from the very beginning? Fields has shown enough that I think they should give him another year, and I think they should take that number one overall pick and trade it down and get a bunch of picks. And depending upon who you trade it to, you may end up with a number one overall pick next year because that's how they got where they are now. They traded down with the the Panthers, and the Panthers gave up their first-round pick, and the Panthers stunk this year. So now the Bears yet again have the number one overall pick. So I think there's wisdom in taking those draft picks, that high draft pick, and turning it into more stuff and making your team better that way. I I hope that's what they do for their sake. Whether or not they do it, we'll see. Matt Eberflus talked about Justin Fields as a potential franchise quarterback, and he was somewhat equivocal, and they're going to look at what their options are, et cetera. But I think at the end of the day, the right thing to do is stick with Justin Fields. And this is another thing, too, that I think teams overlook when they make these moves for quarterbacks the circumstances can put a lot of pressure on a guy. And it's already going to be a lot of pressure to be the number one overall pick. If the Bears throw Justin Fields overboard and take Caleb Williams or Drake May at number one, that's just even more pressure because everything the guy does is going to be compared to whatever Justin Fields has been doing or what he is doing with a new team.
1: Uh, Florio, what a great story. Joe Flacco has been. And what a surprising story and, and how good the Browns have looked with him. I think a lot of us thought their season was over when their quarterback season was over. What is the
2: ceiling from your perspective for Flacco and, and Cleveland? I think they go in the Super Bowl. I really do. I, it's gonna come down to hopefully for all of us who like to watch great games, Browns at Ravens in the playoffs at some point. And I think it actually helps the Ravens that the Browns went in there and won great game earlier this year. I think that gets the full focus and attention of the Ravens and the Ravens are proven when you get their full focus and attention, they're probably going to beat you and they're probably going to beat you handily, but Browns Ravens, Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore. I mean, that's what I want in the AFC and in the NFC. I want Matthew Stafford in the Rams. I want Stafford going back to Detroit. A lot of drama over and above the inherent drama of a high stakes single elimination playoff game. So I think the Browns could, could potentially pull that inside straight and land in the Super Bowl. And if they get to the Super Bowl, there's a good chance they could win it. But the problem is the five seed, they're going to have to go on the road. Unless there's some upsets in the wild card round, six and seven seeds win and then win in the divisional round. I mean, the Browns could host the AFC championship game, but they're going to have to play a couple of games on the road to get this started. Talking to Mike Florio here on CBS Sports Radio. Mike, there- You
1: know, nothing is constant but change, and and yet it's so easy to fall into whatever patterns emerge, including, at least for me, the belief that for the rest of my life or however long Patrick Mahomes played, it would just be a given, at a minimum, the Chiefs would make the AFC Championship game, right? Lock it in. That's what's going to happen. Now, it's not like they're out of the playoffs, and their record, at least, if you haven't watched their games, is impressive, but they don't seem to be the same football team. What do you make, both of what we have seen
2: from them and what you think we can or will see from them in, in the playoffs? Well, I think we've seen frustration for much of the year, given the fact that they're not what they've been in the past. And I think they finally accepted that they aren't. I think Christmas Day, the game against the Raiders, where they tried to essentially will themselves to be like the teams of the past and the trick play in the shadow of their own end zone that blew up in their faces. I think they accepted after that game. We just have to do what we can do with what we have. We have to color within the lines that we currently have constraining us. And and now that they're doing that, the question becomes, will the playoff experience that a guy like Mahomes have make a difference when you get into those games where people who don't have the same experience as Mahomes may start tightening up a little bit? That's going to be one of the questions for the Ravens. We saw them as the one seed four years ago. What happened? They got knocked out in the divisional round by the Titans. Will the playoff experience that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and other members of that roster have make a difference when it's time to win or go home? And and we'll see. We've seen it before. Teams that have been low seeds have, have gotten hot. And one of the ingredients is a quarterback who isn't flustered by the situation. And, look, the three seed, hell, at least they won the division. They're going to get – a home game in the wild card round. After that, who knows what happens because it depends upon whether or not the two seed wins in the wild card round. They could get two games at home before they'd have to go to Baltimore. They could still get three games at home. Who knows? They've never played a road game in the postseason with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. I mean, that is amazing, and it could still happen. But even if they have to go on the road, all that playoff experience, I think, is beneficial, and it makes them a team that you can't just overlook and say they're not the same old Chiefs. All they have to do is be the better team for sixty minutes. And they don't have to be the better team. All they have to do is score more points than the other team for sixty minutes in these playoff games. And I think that that Mahomes is far less likely to freak out than any of the other quarterbacks in the playoff field, except for maybe Joe Flacco. All
1: right, Florio, last one for you. And I know that these are these teams are in different conferences, but but which team do you have more belief in? The the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Dolphins, given the fact they're obviously both playoff-bound, they've got impressive records, but other than against each other, they have not necessarily looked incredible against winning football teams?
2: Well, even though the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, I've got more faith in the Cowboys, because I think there's an issue with the fundamental toughness of the Miami Dolphins, and I, I, I don't think that I'm... I'm plowing any new ground here and pointing that out. When you lose 56 to 19 with the number one seed on the line, and you just look like you got out physical and out muscled by the Baltimore Ravens, that that's a that's a red flag. And I just don't think this Dolphins team is going to be able to last long in the postseason unless they dig deep and unless they access a well of just physical brute force toughness that will propel them in the playoffs. And case in point, we were looking at the one-handed catch that Isaiah Likely made. And, and turned it upfield and scored, he gets close to the goal line, and a couple of dolphins have a chance to like knock him out of bounds and it 's like they 're playing two hand touch and and All I can do is say what I see like you 've got to have a greater sense for the physicality you 've got to have a greater embrace for the physicality of the game if you 're going to win games in January, especially if you have to go on the road. Mike Florio,
1: as always, my friend, it is wonderful to have you on the show. Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holidays. Thank you for the perspective. Good luck with the sequel, and uh look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, pal. Thank my you. Man, my man. Thank you, brother. Mike Florio on the program, Pro Football Talk. On Twitter, the man behind Pro Football Talk. I have a thing that I do that I've talked about where where I've got a I've got a LeBron bobblehead on my desk here in L- L.A., and I sometimes put it in the little uh, screen on Skype so so that Tom can see the bobblehead. And Tom is always annoyed by it, but pretty daddy looks like he wants to jump through the computer screen and throttle either me or bobblehead LeBron. Now, why want you to know, D-Cell, that I'm not sorry and I find it hilarious.
3: I know you're not sorry. And I tried to say, you know, earlier in the show, the first hour, new year, new me. Um, new year, same. same why year. does it make you so mad? I don't know what to do. I'm looking at a bobblehead
1: what He's am I saying, supposed to do?
3: He's saying, "What's up, man?" Yeah, I I try to look away, but then you get mad that I look away. I look. I at never the get ceiling, mad. I look at my papers. I just keep it there. It's weird, man. Yeah, but your anger is what amuses
1: me. Yeah,
3: I do. <laughs> You're not. It's immediate annoying. anger
1: too. You're so angry. Oh, it's gonna be back, <laughs> right? It's good to be back, it's hanging great. out, pushing your buttons, doing some radio, talking to Florio. That guy's outstanding at his job. How amazing will it be? if if the season ends and Joe Flacco in his career has more Super Bowl wins than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, I mean, that will be... It's not impossible.
3: Not with that defense, the way it's playing. I don't think
1: there's a team that is markedly better... I think the gulf between the Browns and the best team in the AFC is not as high as people think, and not as high as the gulf between the Niners and most of the teams in the NFC. And now that is, again, my memories of a 14-2 and Ravens team that was similarly dominant when Lamar Jackson was an MVP and everyone said, these guys can't lose, and they, they went out early. Doesn't mean it'll happen again, right? That is, history actually doesn't always repeat itself. It does sometimes rhyme. But I, I just, I... I think there's a lot more landmines. Like, I could see the Chiefs winning a game they shouldn't in these playoffs because of the Chiefs and then losing. Not being consistent. I I could see the Dolphins playing one outstanding game and then, and then playing a bad game. But if, if the Bills get in, there's a lot of teams in the AFC that look like they could win any game, but they can't win all the games. And so I could see a team like the Ravens catching somebody in that second round and just going down. And if the seedings and things fall the right way, the Browns making a run. Be amazing! Uh, I know I added one buyer sell question today. I I I did throw in the Caitlin Clark question. Man, oh man! Uh, If you have not seen this, she is the Iowa Hawkeyes women's basketball superstar. She's basically Steph Curry. But so I know that I know there's a little Hawkeye, little little spice in there. What else is like? What? How did you? How do you feel about the first buyer sell that I'm a part of of 2024?
3: Versatility. We got a Mm. lot of different things on the menu today. I mean that is a radio tease for the
1: ages. Versatility can't can't turn away next on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Welcome back to Writer Than You.
1: I wish the show was 12 hours long. Actually, I'm just kidding. Dependent of the Universe, that's a little much. On
0: CBS Sports Radio. Welcome
1: back into the non-12-hour version. I mean, that wouldn't be Writer Than You. That would be longer than all the other shows. Is that the... Oh, Tom. <laughs> Tom, get your mind. Come on, man.
3: I didn't say anything. Yeah, you did. With your with your face. That's usually how I say things.
1: Okay, on that note, changing subjects, let's, let's just get into buy or sell.
0: What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. I'm doing this out of love, Bill, and this actually
3: isn't negative. You're Chicago Bears, and let's it's go. not negative. I don't know if it's positive. Let's go. It's not negative. According to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Chicago Bears could potentially get a lofty trade package for quarterback Justin Fields or or their number one overall pick. According to Fowler, who tweeted, quote, League sources forecast Bears can get a second or third round pick for Fields. Bears can get more than the Bryce Young package for the number one overall pick this year, end quote. So I ask you, Bill, buy or sell the Bears should trade the number one overall pick instead of trading Justin Fields. Buy, but I would also... Buy. Couple this
1: with you have to get rid of Matt Eberlus. I still don't trust the Bears head coach. I think think Florio is in the same vein of thinking as, as I am. I think Fields has shown flashes on both sides, but the flashes on the positive side to me, outweigh the concerns you have about Fields because you know he can do it. You don't know when you draft anybody in the draft what is going to happen, how it's going to go. You just don't know. Um, Let me ask you a Bears question. You ready for this? Let me give you the context. My brother and I have a gambling account we do together. It's got some money in it. Unbeknownst to me, he bet a huge chunk of our gambling money on the Bears (laughs) over this year. On the Bears' win total over. I found this out over Christmas at his house. The Bears' win total apparently was seven and a half. I did not realize that I'm on the over. They are currently seven and nine. It's a big, and you never bet this much of your, your bankroll. It's a big chunk. They play at Green Bay this weekend. <laughs> Buy or sell, my brother's bet was okay.
0: Sell. Mm.
1: I mean, do you know how many games I've lost I should have won that I didn't realize I should have been rooting for them to win because I didn't realize I had money on it?
3: Nothing like holiday tension.
1: (laughs) I wasn't happy. (laughs) I wasn't happy. You know, also, don't deliver that news to me when I'm sober. (laughs) At your house. (laughs) Would it go
3: any better if you had a few adult beverages? It might just be like, okay, man, just pour me another glass of wine. Maybe. I mean, look, the Bears have played really positive football recently, even in the games they haven't won. Yes. But knowing that you need to hit the over on this, like, it's not going to go well this week.
1: Vegas is so good
3: at Green Bay. I mean, it's a very winnable game, though. I agree, but since you need them to win it, it's going to be a dumpster fire, your favorite meme. You know, know. a dumpster fire rolling down the river.
1: He probably shouldn't have told me At all until after it was over. Because, like, me not knowing might have made it more likely the Bears would win.
3: Until you said, wait, where'd all the money go? Fair. (laughs) All right, Bill, let's get back to that. Yeah, that failed here. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh hasn't decided yet how much or if Lamar Jackson will play at all in Baltimore's Week 18 game against the Steelers on Saturday, since the Ravens have already clinched. the number one seed in the AFC. So I ask you, Bill, buy or sell Lamar Jackson needs some sort of playing time on Saturday. This is the age-old question, right? This is what we can go through every single year. He's got that injury history. He's got the injury history.
1: They have a buy, as you noted, so there's going to be... Does he play the first half, the first yeah, quarter? Yeah, I, I was thinking even the first quarter. Like, is it, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy even buy. like a, a couple, maybe even half of them, just a few series.
3: All right, we go from quarterback. Where, where do you come down this? Uh, I would. You could sell me on the first quarter, but I would even say just one series and we're good.
1: Yeah, series or two, just a little bit of rhythm, get him out of there.
3: All right, we go from quarterbacks to head coaches. Now, the Rams, as you noted, have already clinched an NFC wildcard spot as they prepare for their season finale against the 49ers in San Francisco on Sunday. However, Bill, one of their offseason question marks has already been answered. Head coach Sean McVay, who's flirted with retirement, said he's coming back next season, and he had this to say on his coaches show. You're tied for second in Rams history now for regular season wins. Nice. I Nuts. did
0: not know that. That's
3: Congratulations.
1: cool. Appreciate that. Come on. You,
3: how, I, I really didn't. John Robinson ahead of you. How Glad far you, ahead? Within striking distance next season, <laughs> if you can promise us there's
0: going to be a Coach McVay Show 2024 edition. This That I can promise you. He can promise
3: you there will be a Coach's Show. Buy or Sell this season is the best coaching job Sean McVay has done. It's a great question because he he won a Super Bowl.
1: He also made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff and lost that game. Was it 12-6? It was some awful score. Did I do that right? Did it was a very
3: that? odd football score.
1: But it's a hell of a job this year. I'm going to buy, actually. Buy. Buy. <laughs> I thought there were some questions about his supposed genius entering this year. I mean, I think he's a really good coach, but he obviously, when he won that Super Bowl, had massive, they had just never a dream team. They had massive talent. They're older, they're banged up, they don't have all the same pieces. Yes, I I think it's been an incredible job that he's done.
3: I rarely get things right, and I've never been more wrong. I thought they were going to win two or three games this year. I thought they were going to be bad, bad.
1: I mean, I think a lot of us thought that was going to happen, and it looked like that was possible when the year got They just – you know what? They look like the Chiefs. Only our expectations for the Chiefs are high, and our expectations for the Rams are low. The Rams don't often look that – I mean, I'm I'm in L.A., so I I watch a lot of the games. They don't look awesome all the time, but they win. They find ways to win.
3: All right, Bill, one more NFL One here. On the Burns and Gambo podcast, Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon confirmed that Kyler Murray – Is their quarterback moving forward saying, quote, there's no doubt. You know I'm a Kyler guy. And Gannon went on to later call Kyler Murray, quote, our franchise QB, end quote. Buy or sell Kyler Murray can still become the Cardinals franchise quarterback. I mean, buy, dude. I think he has been, he's not been
1: outstanding, but he's been really good this year. And they have looked like a totally different football team. I am still highly skeptical about Kyler Murray's long-term ability to be outstanding. And I think there's reason, I think there's valid reasons for that skepticism. And at his talent level, which is not the same thing as his execution level, at his talent level, it shouldn't still be a question mark. But he is still capable of being great. And if you're the Cardinals, I mean, what choice do you have? I think you have to just see it through.
3: And you're the one who says this all the time. He's played great since he's come back from injury. But they were already out of it when he came That's back. True. There was no pressure. Games don't matter. You're the only with thing House he was money. trying to prove is that he could stay healthy.
1: I mean, that game against the Eagles, he was out. He was great. But, you're yes, I'm a big believer that when it doesn't matter, guy, and guys are looser, they play better.
3: Hoopier than that. Let's get to some NBA oh, here. Yeah. Last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Celtics, who, oh, by the way, have the best record in the entire league. SGA, Shea Gilders Alexander had 36 points as OKC shot 18 of 40 from downtown. The Thunder Bill are now 23 and 9 on the year, which is the third best record right now in the NBA. Buy or sell the Thunder, finishing the season with the best record in the NBA. That's a high. I mean, sell. Come on. Sell.
1: Come on now.
0: mm -hmm. Come on, They're Right
3: there is
1: SGA might be the MVP right now. Dude, I mean, like at this time last year, the Pelicans had one of the best records in the NBA. I will say this. I'm just asking a question. I'm just answering. Pretty daddy. I will buy that the Thunders win last night their record and the validity, almost, of your question. I will buy that all of that adds up to the fact the Thunder are legit. Buy. What do you like better? Thunder or Lightning? Thunder. You're a thunder guy. Yeah. Lightning You're a sa- you're yeah. sound guy. Yeah. I was in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas once as a reporter and there was a tornado and uh, they sent me to it before it got to the town and I missed my exit I mi- but I but I got I got out and there was a storm obviously and hail. I was walking with a police officer and a bolt of lightning struck the ground maybe I'm not good at maybe 40 yards from us. See like that freaks me that out. That was terrifying. By the way, I didn't know what it was at first. You would think you would see the like a bunch of light. I actually saw the ground blow up first. Yikes. So I'm going to be with you. I like thunder
3: better than lightning. Yeah, like thunder's not going to hurt you,
1: I don't think, right? The sound of thunder? Yeah, like... What do like, you mean you think?
3: No, it's not going gonna... to... I, I don't know. What do you mean you think? I don't know. I, I don't haven't think heard of thunder... anyone get hurt by thunder before. no. It's so not gonna hurt you All to right. sound. So we're on the same page. All right, got there. <laughs> All right, Bill. New Year, same. Caitlin Clark, the nation's leading scorer, knocked down a buzzer-beater with one foot on the center logo that gave Iowa the 76-73 win over Michigan State last night. Clark is averaging a career-high 31 and a half points per game this season, while still shooting 49 percent from the field. Buy or sell Caitlin Clark? Is must watch TV. So let me say, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna be
1: honest. And I, you can judge me how you want. It's not a shot at women's basketball. I don't watch women's basketball. I don't watch everything that's on. T- I just don't have time, right? I just, I, I just don't. Hell, I don't watch a lot of men's basketball because my basketball time is largely consumed by watching a lot of NBA. But I will buy, Bye. Now my family are Iowa fans and they love. So I'm on, a, I mean, I'm on a string. Whenever she's playing, I'm getting live updates. So I'm sort of aware that it's on. I can go watch it. Yeah, she's – dude, she's Steph Curry. It is un – did you see the shot that she hit yesterday? I sure did. By the way, I did freeze frame it, and I didn't think she got it off. And then I saw online there was, like, an actual shot from behind her. Where she did get it. Or you can see the, sh- the ball out of, her, out of her hands from the logo and the point one still on there.
3: And, like, that's the thing for me. Everybody in the building knew where the ball was going. She still got it. She got the shot off. From the center, low. It wasn't even yeah. close to the three-point line.
1: And she almost—they almost didn't get—they almost didn't get a shot off. And by the way, to, to your point about Kyler Murray, any buzzer-beater is a buzzer-beater, but it's different when you're tied and you hit a buzzer-beater than when you're down. Like she doesn't get the shot off; she misses the shot. They lose.
3: It was. It was. It was amazing. You ready for this? I got another women's college hoops question for you. Hit me with it. The Grambling women's basketball team beat the College of Biblical Studies yesterday. 159 to 18. Oof. 159 to 18. The 141 point margin of victory is a Division I women's record. So I ask you, Bill, by yourself, that final score bothers you. Buy.
1: it probably shouldn't. Bye. It probably shouldn't. Here's the thing. Is there a way? I don't know the details of this game. This is the first I've heard of it. I haven't read about it. I didn't see any clips. I don't know what the coaches said. But if you're the grambling women's basketball head coach, how do you tell your team to not score? I don't know when they put in their, their scrubs.
3: I don't know if they have any.
1: I have I have a surprise one for you. It's... Str- You were not bum of the year at the end of last year. Rightfully so. Was Aaron Rodgers bum of the
3: year? Uh, Yes, he was. And he's off to a hot start this year. Boy, that's a good.
1: We nailed that, didn't we? (laughs) I am glad. I am very glad, despite your competition for it, that you did not win bum of the year.
3: Is that the surprise question?
1: Yeah, no, that's just by yourself. It makes you happy. I'm. I'm yeah, I just, I just, it hit me. I'm like, I'm glad, that didn't happen. Yeah, and we nailed it because look at the evidence. One week later, I was gonna frame it as I'm glad I didn't make you bum of the year, but the truth is, I'm glad you barely didn't make yourself bum of the year. The evidence spoke for itself. <laughs> it did. I'm glad that the evidence spoke the way that it did. It's Thank time you. for no you, evidence. context,
3: by or so. Just one for you today. Bill, buy or sell? You've seen enough from Kenny Pickett this year to move forward with him as the starter in the future in Pittsburgh. Oh. Not starting again this week. Mason Rudolph.
0: Sell. Sell. Mm
1: Buy or sell that Mike Tomlin has done a better coaching job this year than Andy Reid? Buy. Than Mike McDaniel? Sell. Than Mike McCarthy? Buy. Yeah, I mean, I, I would put it at a top seven or eight coaching job this year.
3: The dude has never had a losing season. 17 straight
1: years. It, It's actually maybe the most or one of the most impressive and underrated
3: accomplishments in all of sports. And he does deserve criticism for taking Kenny Pickett because it looked like he is not the dude. He's not the guy. And there's... Yes.
1: But that's not really him. They're, they're on the bubble, too. So... It, and they're playing a Baltimore team that we talked about. Maybe they'll play Lamar Jackson. Maybe they won't. They need other things to happen, but... Yeah. What are they, 9-7? and seven? Yeah, they are 9-7. and seven. Yep. Even 9-8 is amazing. All right. Um, David Tepper Tantrum. You remember, remember Tepper Tantrum?
3: Oh, I remember.
1: Owner of the, uh, of the Panthers. Mr. Tepper Tantrum decided to-go-all uh, college, angry college uh, sorority person uh, on a fan. And we're going to talk about it, get into it, and explain how it has to do with D-Cell's uh, life after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew
0: Bogus. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to
1: the show, Writer Than You, here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy non-hump day because it's the Wednesday of a shortened week, especially for me, Tom, deal with it. All right, Tommy, pretty daddy, you ready? Always. Got a TV
3: show for you. I take it back. I'm not ready. Do you watch anything good over the holidays? I watched Reacher. I'm all caught up. I'm up to date. You're at season two. Yes. And uh, it- the episode that just came out last Friday, we watched it. So I'm waiting for this Friday. <laughs> the building
1: blowing up. Is that the last thing, thing happened or am I uh, an episode behind?
3: The building blowing up. Yeah. You're an episode behind. You're an episode behind. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll have to reach for my controller later to watch Reacher, if you will. Uh, I got a show for you, but this is more work, okay? This is more like this This, this doubles as, as your education in sports. You're not a big soccer guy yet. I'm not
3: a big work guy either, so I'm out.
1: I know. You're over 2 on work and soccer. Ah, soccer and work. And you're work. Netflix has a great <laughs> World Cup documentary following all the captains from this past World Cup a year ago. It's very, very good. It's only six episodes. It's short. You should watch it. You'll understand some stuff.
3: I'm going to be honest it. with you. Talk to me. I'm never going to watch that.
1: Come on.
3: I'm not going to watch it. Why would you want me to lie to you and say, oh, that sounds really good? I Maybe I'll watch it. I want you
1: to it. lie to me. I want you to tell me the truth. And for that truth to be, you're going to watch it. I'm never going to watch that. You got to get into the sucker. It a doesn't bit. mean it's not good. I'm sure it's really well done. Tom, I'm aware that your lack of participation does not define something as, as uh, not good. I, <laughs> that one I got. <sighs> oh, pretty daddy. Um,. David Tepper Tantrum's season went from bad to worse. Sort of. There's no real punishment here. So if you missed this, there's a video where it looks like Tepper Tantrum picks up a glass from his suite and throws it on an opposing fan. Now you might be aware of this that the uh, Carolina Panthers are a dumpster fire of epic proportions. They lost 26 to nothing uh, to the Jags in that game. And Tepper Tantrum's response was it appeared to throw a drink. And then obviously there were statements from the NFL and from, from temper tantrum, that, that seemed to confirm that this happened. Here's the NFL statement. These are really long, so get ready, because they really took it seriously. NFL. All, quote, all NFL personnel are expected to conduct themselves at all times in ways that respect our fans and favorably reflect on their team in the NFL, end quote. That's it. That's the statement. How about, quote, we don't hold rich guys accountable because we're the NFL? The end. How about the shield actually is meant to protect rich billionaires? It has nothing to do with what the logo of our league is. How about that as a thing? All right, and I'm going to read you, and they find him $300,000, which as Mr. Florio pointed out, they did the math. That is $14 if you have a net worth of a million bucks. Or for Tom, it's a dollar. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know your net worth. It's a dollar for me, though, for, for sure on that math. All right, I'm going to read you David Tepper Tantrum's statement, Okay. I want you to tell me where the apology is. Okay? You just you stop me or you tell me at the end or you jump in. You jump in. When the apology happens, I want you to jump in with with a Are you practiced like with a like right here?
3: Right here. I'm ready to pounce. Ready to go. Ready. You ready? Ready.
1: <clears throat> From temper tantrum. I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. No apology detected, right? I didn't get to jump in. All right, let me just, let me just, let me, let me, let me play interpreter, okay? I am deeply passionate about this team, okay? That means uh, I didn't do anything wrong, okay? And regret my behavior on Sunday. That means I wish I hadn't got caught, but I don't feel bad. I should have let the NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose is that other guy was wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. And I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior is it's great to be part of a club that won't punish you for what you do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we're on the same page. Uh, Panthers are 2-14. and 14. They have the worst record in the NFL. And I think the real, I'm sure... Reason that Tepper tantrum is flummoxed in the extreme, is because usually I explained this to my son Henry. He didn't understand how the draft worked. Usually, when you're bad, at least especially this bad, you get the benefit of a chance to turn things around with, with a top pick, or in this case, the worst record in the in the NFL, the top pick in the draft. But it goes to the Chicago Bears as part of their the Panthers trade to bring in a quarterback who hasn't worked out so far. I have zero sympathy for temper tantrum. I think that the the bigger thing about this, okay, I think the bigger issue with um, with temper tantrum here, temper tantrum really rolls off of the the tongue, doesn't it? Is that if you're any head coach of any sort of noteworthy ability or excellence, you already were skeptical. About going there because of how often he fires people, and Frank Reich is not the only example, but the most recent example. And I think Frank Reich coming out early in the year, if you remember this, and saying in the press conference trying to say diplomatically everything's fine, but actually, again, indicating, "Oh my God, help me!" It was a hostage situation. It was like it was like he was holding up a sign and said, "Somebody help me." That was probably enough to to give pause to anybody who might, as a relatively coveted or interesting head coach, head coaching candidate, want to go to Carolina. But you always convince yourself that you can figure it out. You always convince yourself, whoever you are, that you're better than Frank Wright. You're better than, you know, whoever, whoever's whoever been in that job before, right? Who's the guy now? Chris or so whoever this guy is, is like randomly doing it. When you see the owner of an NFL team throw a drink at a fan in an act of petulance, in an act of the rules don't apply to me, I think that even someone who thinks they can manage any situation is reasonably going to conclude, oh, this guy's temper tantrum is a different kettle of fish. Temper tantrum is a different deal altogether. This guy is irrational. This guy can't control himself. This guy is an immature buffoon. Not saying those things are true. I'm saying that might be the conclusion that a head coaching candidate would would draw. I, I think it's lasting, Tom, potentially to a degree. I just think it makes his job harder to eventually find the right head coach. Which, even if he finds him, there's a good chance he'll fire him three weeks later. But, but let's just say that like, he doesn't. I, it, is a, it is a way to brand yourself as one of the biggest idiots in sports, whether you are or you're not. It's a way, if you're the owner of an NFL team or any professional team, to brand yourself as someone who's not serious. And once you have that label, I think it's hard to get the kind of personnel you want. That's a show. I guess it's not a 12-hour show. I couldn't remember. 2023. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you to Florio. Thank you to Pretty Daddy. I'm Bill Ryder. The show's writer than you. Can't say that. And uh, Pretty Daddy will do a full review of the Netflix show tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for listening.